The scrappy never say die Sharks do it again. They come back from a two-goal deficit in the third period to win it in overtime. Officially, officially streaking uh, now with a three-game win streak. So we'll talk about that. Uh, check in on the numbers behind this game and look at the other Tankathon uh, contenders' immediate schedules. Uh, so all that and more on today's episode. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier Hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is JD Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Probably part of the Locked On Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. And the Sharks, scrappy, never say die. Uh, Sharks come back. And win it in overtime three to two over the New York Rangers in a game where they looked dead in the water for about a good chunk of this game, uh, but came out in the third period and took it to the Rangers. Were able to steal a win. There's two games in a row where they have stolen a win from a, a superior opponent. So uh, we'll talk about kind of how they were able to pull this off. We'll talk about Alexander Barabanov, how he's looking back to vintage Alexander Barabanov. Um, and we'll check in with the other Tankathon uh, contenders and see kind of what their immediate schedules look like and why this is, I know, I know there's worries about as the Sharks can land Celebrini. We'll, we'll check in and see why there's still plenty of time. It's a long season, folks. So before we get into all that, do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you guys by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONHL. Get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Um, yeah, they. this team is... It's, it's crazy how since Couture has come back just how much this team just kind of, and even before Couture came back and it's Sturm and Couture both coming back um, and just how much better this team has looked. And this is nothing against Mikel Granlund. Um, Mikel Granlund is great. I'm really excited to see what happens when you have an actual center depth of hurdle Couture slash Grandland, Grandland slash Couture, Nico Sturm. Like you, you know, that this this team could actually be entertaining to watch um, as we, you know, get to the trade deadline. But yeah, man, like this, this game would have earlier this season, this game would have been one of those two to nothing going into the third period. And then all of a sudden it's five to one uh, Rangers where the Sharks just. Kind of, you know, I, it felt like the entire game, that like the first two periods of this game of the Dam of the Rider break, and you're just going to have the Rangers just pot like three goals in four minutes, right? We've seen that from the Sharks so many times where just one thing happens and then it just compounds and they just, the wheels fall off and um, just didn't happen tonight. And I think um, 
they just, again, second night of a back-to-back where you had to travel back home. The Rangers were sitting there waiting for you, and they looked like they pressure team and it looked like the Rangers were kind of playing with the Sharks for a little bit and I wonder wonder if they just kind of like got up to two nothing and were like I don't want to say took the foot off the gas but kind of felt like okay we got this in hand the Sharks aren't going to score two goals or three goals on just circuit we're we're good like they haven't really done anything um but yeah they the the scrappy team right now um and again very much team tank, et cetera, et cetera. But the, this season has been such a whiplash, right? You just think about how much the Sharks have either, you know, one, how they've just been so streaky with stuff, right? You know, you start the season with the 0-10-1, right? Um, you finally get your first two wins, and then it's kind of a couple losses, you know, kind of a smattering of wins and losses. And then, of course, the East Coast trip, right, where you go, you win two games even before then. You win two games before you go on the, the East Coast trip. You win against New Jersey. You're, like, you're winning a bunch of games here um, or being really competitive. And then you turn around um, and you lose 11 straight games um, before winning against Montreal. And now we're just in that like winning streak again. Um and the Sharks have plenty of tough games coming up. I know there's their schedule does soften up the second half of the season and we'll get into the schedule a bit more, but it's just been so streaky. And right now they're just on a winning streak. And you know, I just the way this season has played out, I think they're just instead of being a like win, you know, win one out of three or win one out of four, I think they're just gonna be streaky where they're gonna win three or four games. And then they're going to lose a bunch of games in a row. And they're going to win three or four games. And they're going to lose a bunch of games in a row. And that's just kind of how this season is, is has been for the Sharks. And it's I think right now they're just in the winning streak um, era uh, of the season. So um, one guy I want to highlight tonight was Alexander Barabanov. And I think Barabanov can, you know, you can kind of point to – just how he was a big topic of, of the offseason, right? Of what should the Sharks do with him? Should they extend him? What type of money would you give him, extend him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, start of the season as part of the Sharks' terrible start, um, looked horrible, looked off, and then he breaks his finger, you know, a couple games into the season and misses five weeks and comes back. And it just, you're, you're kind of waiting for him. He feels like he's kind of a passenger. But tonight you felt like, there's the Barabanov we know and love. That's that. That's the vintage Alexander Barabanov, and he was. He's the reason they they won the game in overtime, right? His ability to you know get the puck, possess the puck, and just hold, 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 keeping you know kind of protecting the puck until he kind of sees you know sees Jan Ruda. Both congrats to Hurdle and, and Ruda there for both setting soft picks. Again, that happens all the time, right? Great, great picks. We are able to open up space. Barabanov takes advantage of the space, finds Ruda, Ruda finds Hurdle, bam, pots at home. And Hurdle, we'll talk about a little bit, had a, I thought he had a terrible night tonight. It just looked off and just looked, I want to say, like lethargic or whatever. He just was not himself. But that's why you keep Tomas Hurdle around because he, he can, he's still a special player, can do special things. And even on a night when Tomas Hurdle um, didn't look his best, guess what? He scores the game winner tonight. Um, and you could just see, especially in the post game interview, how happy he was to do that. But 
um, just kind of the joy, right? And I think he knows better days are going to be coming, and who knows how long they're going to get. Um, he knows better days are going to be coming. I think the, the Sharks are building something. It's going to be slow and painful, but the Sharks are building something. Um, but back to Barabanov. Tonight was just flying around, making stuff happen. And that's that's when Bear Benoff's at his best is being that creative guy, um, you know, kind of making space for himself and making space for for others. And we know Bear Benoff's passing; it's so good, and his vision's so good. And you just saw that on display tonight. Um, and it's it's just that's what you want to see. And that's especially as we head into the All Star break, and then you know a month later the trade deadline as you're going to have to make a big decision on Barabanov and it's nice to see Barabanov return to form. And if he can continue to play this way, um, you know, that I think that decision will be tougher, but in a good way, right. Of what do you want to do with Barabanov? And I still think kind of, I know this season has been off, but we know if Barabanov can play well, you know, I think that drives up his trade value. If you want to trade him. Um, Or I think you can kind of earmark that Kevin LeBanc money, that's going to be coming off the books at the end of the season. You know that I still think that four years, $4 million a, a year feels really fair for, for bear Banoff for a team that, you know, it's going to have some cap space. They're going to have plenty of cap space this, this year. And we'll have plenty of time to dig into cap space um, as the Sharks season will definitely be not going to the playoffs, but um, so we can speculate about free. It'll be fun to talk about real free agents this year and, and stuff, but uh, we haven't been able to do that here. Locked on Sharks uh, is talk about actual spending money at free agency. It'll be pretty weird to do. Um, but again, just, you feel happy for you guys, especially with such it's such a long season, and it's been such a weird season. Um, so we'll get into the numbers behind this game here and talk about how the Rangers is unable to take advantage of their opportunities. Uh, looking at you, Power Play. Uh, so we'll do all that here in just one second. If you need to find a candidate, why? search when you can get matched to a candidate when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that can helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree, agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. So join more than the 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Um, one, if you need to also... Save a little bit of money because who doesn't want to save some money? Listeners to the show can get $75 uh, sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so uh, let's dig into the numbers. And man, this game, like, it was such a weird game. Because um, it it felt like watching the game, it just felt like the Rangers kind of controlled the game. And, you know, I check in on natural Satrick, And again, you know, 
analytics or there's always the the community on analytics etc cetera, etc cetera. but this was the game where the analytics and the eye test did not match because it felt like the rangers were controlling this game but you look at like the shot shots on goal and it was e- pretty even throughout the most of the game um until kind of the, the middle of the second period i think like, kind of the rangers really kind of took but it was it was pretty even it felt pretty or watching watching it felt very much rangers the analytics say it was slight Rangers, but the Sharks did have their edges. So uh, we had 48 minutes of 5v5 time, a lot of penalties in this game. And I think that's a big difference. Um, both teams got three power plays, and neither one were to take advantage. And while that sounds weird, that's actually advantage Sharks um, because the Rangers' power play was is ridiculous right i think they mentioned the broadcast they're operating at 29 percent um coming into this game they go 0 for three and for the sharks especially their penalty kill which has struggled all season long um getting the rangers to go 0 for three on the power play that's house money right there that that's the difference that's the reason why this game why this wasn't a five to one rangers gate win instead it was a three to two sharks win in overtime but 48 minutes of 5v5 time. Shot attempts were 48 to 44 in favor of the Rangers. So much closer than I thought it was. Um, actual shots was 25 to 17 in favor of the Rangers. Scoring chances, uh, 22 to 18 in favor of the Rangers. High danger chances, 10 to 7 in favor of the Rangers. Um, so again, all in favor of the Rangers, but it's not this like huge margin that we're used to seeing from, from the Sharks. Um, even going back to yesterday's game with, with against LA where um, just massive differences in the shot attempts, et cetera, et cetera, by San, you know, by San Jose to LA. This game was very close. Um, even though watching it, it felt like Rangers were just kind of controlling the pace for the first two periods. Um, expect it goes four. 1.89 to 1.69 in favor of the Sharks. So again, the Sharks quality over quantity that has kind of been the staple of, of this team for the, uh, under the David Quinn era, era. Um, they, they just kind of hang in there, hang in there. And then they take advantage of the opportunities that they had um, for the forward lines tonight. Um, so, so we had the bear band of Couture Duclair line, um, Zetterlin hurdle Hoffman. Uh, then we had uh, echo and Sturm cunning and then Zadina Carpenter Bailey. The hurdle line played the most at 1240. Um, they had 15 shot attempts, gave up eight um, actual shots is four to six. No goals for didn't give up a goal. Um, 0.65 to 0.2 expected goals for in favor of that line. Seven to three scoring chances, two to two high danger chances um, with five, three, five zone starts. So hurdle, even though he didn't have the greatest game, this line still dominated and it was really good tonight. Um, and Zetterlin just Zetterlin's so good, man. The Sharks really, we're going to, we're going to review the, the Timo Meyer trade here at some point soon. And man, Zetterlin is Zetterlin's turned into something for, for San Jose. So, um, Barabanov Couture Duclair played 11 24. Um, shot attempts are 4 to 14. Ugh, not good there. Um, 
two to five scoring sh- or shots, actual four. Um, no goals for did give up a goal, 0. 0.9 to 0.52 expected goals for one to five scoring chances, one to four high danger chances, um, three to five for the zone starts for them. I think, though, that line was kind of getting the tough assignments and um, they hung in there. You know, they kind of hung in there. I think having Couture back, you're going to see him continue to kind of get matched up against those tough assignments. Um, and this line just needs to kind of take advantage of the opportunities that they're they're given. Um, and again, I thought Barabanov was flying all around the ice site and created a lot of chaos, even though they maybe you know didn't resort result at shots or shot attempts, but you you could kind of feel Barabanov's presence. And I think I wonder just having Couture back with him, kind of reuniting that line. And even Duclair, I thought both those guys were kind of flying around a lot. And I think that's just kind of how this line's gonna be built. Barabanov Duclair, you guys go do crazy stuff and let Couture kind of play some defense, kind of, you know, be the responsible adult of the line. <laughs> so um Eklundsturm Cunning um, 652 time on ice, eight to five shot attempts in favor of that line, four to three actual shots. Did have the goal, um, 0.41 to 0.11 expected goals for, uh, two to four scoring chances, one high danger chance for, um, two four four zone starts. So, kind of a little bit more defensive zone starts, but um, that line just kind of blue collar work, right? And that was literally how the goal was scored. Cunning comes in on the four check, kind of makes the uh, Rangers defenseman not able to do anything. You know, he kind of panics a little bit and then the puck bounces around and it gets to Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm pops it home and Nico Sturm has been, you know, as much as we talk about Couture's uh, return to the lineup and how much has sparked this team, Nico Sturm, right? huge on the bottom six because you're not having to play guys out of position. Guys are playing more in their natural, right? You're not having to put Phillips Zadina or Luke Cunning or some of these other guys who've had to play bottom, you know, bottom six roles because they've got nobody else to play like as centers. Everyone just fits better right now. So um, good. You know, I think Eklund played pretty well tonight as well. Much better game yesterday, but I think he was still very impactful. That's, you know, stringing together these games and this this plan that Quinn has had with Eklund of let's put him on the third line, maybe give him a little bit easier opponents. You're not kind of playing the other team's top six. You're not playing the other team's best defense. See if you can kind of build some confidence going. I think it's working. Um, So good for, for that line. And then Zadina, Carpenter, Bailey. Didn't play a lot, but they continue to be very impactful. 440 time on ice, six to six shot attempts, three to four actual shots. Um, another goal, Ryan Carpenter. Man, Ryan Carpenter, uh, revenge. Anytime he plays the Rangers, just revenge for Ryan Carpenter. Um, again, just kind of that lunch pail um, mentality. You know, Carpenter being responsible and then Justin Bailey, use your speed on the four check and Phillips Adina, like those just those guys have just really kind of had taken on that role and of, of they know exactly what they are, they know exactly what their purpose is. Um, and they've been kind of playing it really, really well right now. And I don't expect to see uh a Ryan Carpenter, you know, was he on four game uh point streak. I don't think that's a sustainable thing, but you know. 
Ryan Carpenter has been, he's been a journeyman. He's traveled around. He's played for a lot of teams. Um, and it's just good and kind of good to see him get rewarded for all that hard work. So, um, as for the defenseman, so again, no Mario Ferraro. He's not going to be back until after the All-Star break, which I think is a smart move, right? Basically, just get through another week, and then you get two weeks off. Uh, so he was officially put on IR. They didn't bring anyone up yet, and they also said Scott Saber. So they do have they do have a slot. So we'll see what they do. I assume it's still going to be a defenseman brought up um, because they only have six healthy defensemen, and Henry Thrun was a little banged up at the end of this game. Um, but William Eckman also, of course, he forced tonight, 60.61. So um, good for him. But as for the defenseman, so Kalen Addison, 17 shot attempts, 4, 14 allowed, 55, 54.84 Corsi 4. Um, Vlasic, who I think has, again, been playing really well the past couple games, 19 to 18 shot attempts, 51.35. Uh, Ahochuk, 14-46 time on ice uh, at, at, in all situations. 14-15 uh, shot attempts, uh, 48.28 Corsi 4. Ruda, um, 22.4 minutes, 17 to 22 shot attempts, um, 43.59. And then Thrun, 20.49 minutes or 20 minutes, 49 seconds, 15 to 25 shot attempts. Uh, but Thrun has been getting, he was getting the tough matchups, right? And playing penalty kill, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, again, with Thrun, I think Thrun's been amazing. I am so impressed with Thrun. I said it yesterday. I'll continue to say it because Thrun's awesome and, um, just, Looks like he's like a, a ten-year veteran out there. Just the way he kind of is cool, calm, and collected. And uh, once he actually becomes a veteran, he's going to be so freaking good. So um, exactly what you need. Dakota says hi. So um, yeah, and then of course um, Mackenzie Blackwood, who made some saves when he had to, but was not uh, was not like overly. <laughs> Wasn't the toughest game Mackenzie Blackwood has had to play. Uh, we'll just put it like that. So, uh, 29 saves on 31 shots. So, two goals against. Expected goals against was 2.21. So, right where he's expected to be. Six uh, high danger saves on seven high danger shots. Ten mid danger saves on ten mid danger uh, shots. And then 12 low danger saves on uh, 13 low danger shots. So, again easier night for Mackenzie Blackwood made some big saves when he had to um that Panarin goal was freaking just disgusting uh, and Panarin's really good at hockey so um yeah I thought uh Blackwood again seems like he's kind of back to where uh you know kind of from his injury etc or being sick or whatever I forget what he had but um he's back to kind of being Mackenzie Blackwood so I'll we'll take a look at the other tankathon commanders or contenders here in just one second it's the half past the halfway point of the season i know sharks fans it's been a rough one uh and yes the sharks are still dead last in the standings i want to remind you that you can still win but big by playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper the official daily fantasy app on the locked on angel network sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests all you have to do is pick uh, studs, whether they're NHL superstars like David Crosby McKinnon, 
or even some of your favorite Sharks players like Hurdle, Slippery Pete, Zetterlin, and record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. 20 hundred times bet on sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Sharks fans. You can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Um, use promo code Locked On NHL and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, uh, let's get into the Tankathon standings and kind of again just take a deep breath. Still long season. The Sharks still control their fate um, into at least into the draft lottery. So the Sharks have uh, played 48 games, which is tied for the most in the NHL. Um, only basically Tampa and Philly still have Tampa, Philly and Vegas have all played 48 games. So um, something to keep in mind games at hand. Those are more opportunities for you, a team to get points. Um, Chicago plays tomorrow, um, Wednesday. So they're kind of, they will tie the Sharks again here really soon. But as for right now, so on Tuesday night, San Jose, Chicago, both tied right now with 30 points and both had nine regulation wins. Um, Anaheim is third. Uh, they have 33 points with 11 regulation wins. Uh, Columbus is fourth. With 46, uh, sorry, 37 points in 46 games. So they have a couple games in hand with nine regulation wins. And then Ottawa uh, is fifth with 40 in 43 games. They have 37 points with 15 regulation wins in hand. So I mentioned the regulation wins because that is the first, if the points are tied, regulation wins are the first tiebreaker. Whoever has more regulation wins, uh, the lower the regulation wins you are, the better. So, um, that's how that's the first tiebreaker uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, ties are broken by teams, the total number of regulation wins, then regulation and non shootout wins, and then head to head if still tied. So, those regulation wins are really important um, to kind of keep an eye on. So, it's better if the Sharks are going to win a game, it's better to honestly to win a game in overtime or a shootout than it is to win in a game in regulation. So, um, because you need more help, basically, is what that's saying. So the Sharks, we're going to look at the kind of the, the schedule for until the All-Star break. So the Sharks still have uh, three games left until the All-Star break. So uh, they're off until Saturday where they play the Buffalo Sabres at a 1 p.m. start. And they play Tuesday versus Seattle, Wednesday versus Anaheim. So Buffalo... Um, tough, tough game, but a couple of factors in the Sharks favor the, um, afternoon games, the Sharks are just, they're just no, usually bad at those for some reason, the internal clock, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Buffalo, who is an East coast team, it's usually, you know, coming to the West coast, they've been playing on the West coast here for a little bit, but, um, they are, do they have a um they play on Wednesday, so they're and then they don't play again until um Saturday. So both teams will be well rested. Uh Sabres have been out here, et cetera, et cetera. But and the Sharks just lose to the Sabres all the time. So Tuesday, 
Sharks play Seattle um, at home. I know Seattle has been kind of struggling right now. They've lost four in a row, um, but Seattle's got a couple. They have a few games between now and then, so we won't really look at their schedule, but they will be rested. They play Sunday, then they're off Monday um, and play Tuesday. So Sunday at home, and then they travel to San Jose. So it's not like a, a, a huge road trip for them. Um, but, I mean, the Seattle did, Seattle's been kind of – really good against the sharks the past, you know, since they've kind of come to the league, including a seven, one beat down of them before Thanksgiving. Um, so big game though is the 31st when they play the ducks. Um, and that one for Anaheim, um, they were going to be well rested. Sharks gonna be on the second night of a back-to-back where they have to travel from San Jose to, um, Anaheim, um, and the ducks who will look at their schedule here in a little bit, uh, they're going to be well rested because they play on Saturday and they don't play again, um, until Wednesday. So that favors in the ducks right there. Um, so sharks, all these are very losable games (laughs) for San Jose. Um, some winnable games, but these are these are the games I think that you, you kind of have to look at as there's a lot of favors going in in the other team's direction here. So um, as for the Ducks, so they won against Buffalo tonight. Um, they play Thursday at Dallas. Dallas is uh, hashtag good, um, and they've been on a winning. They've been playing pretty well here um, as well. So just gonna chalk that one up as a loss to Anaheim. But then they play Saturday against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota has been playing better. They've won three in a row, but this team has been really streaky as well. Um, And Minnesota is going to be well-rested as well, normally rested as well. So, um, And it is in Minnesota. So we'll see. That is a very – that's a kind of a coin flip game um, where I think the the Ducks can win that game. And then, um, again, they play versus San Jose – at home, last game before the Sharks are gonna be on the second night of a back-to-back. So that's a very winnable game for Anaheim right there to help kind of spread the give give a little bit more um a space between the, the Sharks and, and Anaheim. So next is the big one, Chicago. So they play at Seattle. Again, Seattle's very they play Seattle Wednesday night at Seattle. Um that's a coin flip game, I, I think. Um, I know Seattle, the Kraken have, again, the Kraken have been struggling. They've scored, um, in the last four games, they've scored 0-2-2-1, which is right up um, the Blackhawks' alley of just, can we grind out like a 2-1 to one type of win right there? Um, then Chicago plays Thursday against Edmonton. That's going to be a loss. Edmonton is red, red hot. Actually, the funniest thing ever would be if the Edmonton Oilers lost to the Blackhawks to end their 14-game losing streak. But I'm going to just say that's Edmonton's win right there. Um, and then they play. So they end their break. They finish their, their kind of break on Saturday versus Calgary. And again, Calgary's been kind of mad this as well. They're on a three-game losing streak as well. So a lot of coin flip games here. And I think if if Chicago can steal one of those games, whether it's the um against the wild, which will be or sorry, if they can uh, not the wild, sorry, if either against Seattle or against Calgary, if they can steal one of those games, 
we'll be feeling pretty good about where the Sharks are heading going into uh, the All-Star break. So just as a reminder, it doesn't matter if the Sharks have a one-point advantage or a 30-point advantage or between them and Chicago. This is the same lottery lot, the same lottery odds, excuse me. Uh, so again, you just want to be ahead of Chicago. And don't forget, Chicago's going to get Chicago, uh, Connor Bedard back at some point. Um, because and he is him coming back is going to be huge for them. So, um, so yeah, that's going to be it for me tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our first draft profile. Um, so make sure you guys are following along for that. And then Friday, we're going to look at some potential trades. Um, maybe trying to, if, if Mike Greer wants to be aggressive and try to add some young, young NHL pieces, um, that are potentially out there, kind of just look at some of the names and kind of, um, you know, make the case for and against. So, uh, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course you can watch on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at locked on sharks. Not following on Instagram. We're getting really close to a thousand followers, please. It's it's a lot of clips and all the same stuff, but uh, you know, Instagram is, is fun. So uh, make sure you guys are following along on there. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole until tomorrow. Bye friends.